Good morning. Today is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Among the many layers of legacy that Yaakov, our patriarch Jacob, leaves for us, there is his tremendous work ethic. And a large section of our Parsha, this Shabbos, the Parsha of Ayetze, discusses how hard Yaakov worked under difficult circumstances for 20 years as a shepherd for his father-in-law, Lavan. The Torah says as follows. Near the end of that time, Yaakov is describing his work to his wives as they are about to leave and go back to Israel. And Yaakov says about his work, Vatene yedaten, you, my wives, he's speaking primarily to Rachel and to Leah, you know, ki b'chol kochi avadati es avichen, I worked for your father with all of my strength, with everything that I had, I gave to your father. Ze esrim shana anochi imoch, for these last 20 years that we are together and that I have worked for Lavan, he says, Lavan, you did not lose any sheep. I did not take for myself any of the animals to eat that I might have been entitled to under normal circumstances, but I took nothing for myself while I was working for you. For you. Even if an animal died completely outside of my fault, that is, uh, a wild animal came and attacked. A wild animal coming and attacking a flock of uh, sheep or goats uh, is something that is normal. And normally that would be a loss that the owner would have to absorb. Of course, the shepherd can't be negligent. But if the shepherd is not negligent, still a wild animal comes, that's a loss that the owner must bear, not the, not the shepherd. Yaakov says, no, I never once caused that kind of a loss, even if it was not my fault. Gnuva si yom ugnuva si laila. If something was stolen from our flock, I absorbed the loss whether it was stolen during the day or it was stolen at night. In other words, I considered myself an employee 24 hours a day. I was responsible for everything that happened outside of any normal bounds of work hours. 24-7, I was responsible. During the daytime, I was wilting from the sun and the heat and it was like ice at night. I removed sleep from my eyes. I was responsible all the time. No time off, no days off, no nights off. I was responsible. Yaakov literally becomes the textbook example of a work ethic. Jewish law has a robust, detailed set of regulations for employers and for workers. Employers, for example, must pay on time, not to delay payment to a worker. They must provide safe work conditions. 
They have to treat workers with dignity and humanity and many, many other regulations that apply. At the same time, there are also regulations that regulate the work of an employee, of a worker. The Rambam says, Maimonides, <clears throat> in his Mishnah Torah, this is his major legal work in his Laws of Workers, he says as follows, just like the employer is regulated and obligated to provide for his workers in all the manners that I described and, and more that Maimonides has discussed in depth, so to the worker is instructed that he is not allowed to do anything to steal even the smallest amount from his employer. What does it mean to steal from his employer? Obviously, uh, uh, on a simple level, just to steal, he's not allowed to do, but that's obvious. We don't need the Rambam to tell us that. The Rambam says, for example, if a worker takes a few minutes of free time beyond what is allowed to him, that's stealing from the employer. Ella, rather, chayev ledaktek al atzmo bizman. A person has to make sure that during the time that they're obligated to be working, they're working every second of that time. Taking a break beyond what is allowed by the contractual agreement is stealing from the employer. Sharei hikpidu chachamim al bracha raviyah shal brichas hamazon our sages say in the Talmud is fascinating. So a person eats a meal with bread. So at the beginning of the meal, let's say a sandwich. So you beginning of the meal, so you wash your hands, say the bracha until Zidayim, you make the bracha hamotzi on the bread, you eat your sandwich. When you finish the sandwich, you say the benching, birkas hamazon. How long is the birkas hamazon? Well, it's long. It takes, uh, you know, it uh, takes four, five, six minutes, especially if you say all the words. You know, it takes, uh, takes longer. So, uh, four, five, six minutes. Our sages say, if you're on the clock, you're working, so, and your employer allows you to take the time, only the time necessary to eat. I'm not talking about where your employer gives you an hour and a half for lunch. I'm talking about where your employer gives you just the amount of time necessary to eat your sandwich. So, eating your sandwich, you are allowed to make the bracha before. You're allowed to eat the sandwich. But when it comes to the benching, you have to shorten the benching. You only say the first half. You leave out the second part of it. You shorten it because you don't have the right to say the maximum amount of prayers on someone else's dime. You're working for somebody else. Get back to work. If your prayers have to be shortened, okay, say the minimum. You can't avoid it completely, but say the minimum, not the maximum. Amazing. The Rambam goes on not only in quantity does a worker have to be careful not to steal from the employer, but also in quality. A person has to work with all of their strength, with all of their effort. A person who's working for someone else and they're only giving it a half-hearted effort that also is in the category of stealing from the employer. Says the Rambam, Shahare Yaakov HaTzadik Omar, 
Just as Yaakov, the righteous one, says, I worked for your father with all of my strength. What's amazing about this is the Rambam is quoting our verse to teach us Yaakov, yes, he was extremely righteous, he was extremely careful, but he sets the bar of what is required by everybody. Everyone who works for someone else is required not only to give all of the time that they've committed to, but also all of the effort, the qualitative aspect of what they do. You have to do your best work. There's an amazing law included in one of the commentaries to the Rambam. Hagos Maimonus says as follows. What happens if a person on their off time does something or does not do something that impacts their effectiveness on their own time, on their work time? Says Hagos Maimonis, he quotes the Talmud Yerushalmi, an employer is allowed to tell a worker, you cannot do that. An employer is allowed to tell a worker what he or she may or may not do on their off time if it affects their work time. So for example, a person who uh, has a second job and because of the second job, they stay up very late and they're not getting enough sleep. And when they come into work, they're tired and they're not able to work with the same level of efficiency. The employer is allowed to tell the worker, I don't want you to do that work, even though it's on their own personal time. Or, or not just working a person, let's say, who stays out late and, uh, you know, comes in the next day, uh, uh, let's say, you know, uh, not all together. Uh, so an employer is allowed to say, listen, you have to come in uh, bright-eyed and rested and able to do your job with all of your strength. And, and the Hogos, my minister, is saying, this is not just to be a tzaddik. This is not just... To be, to be able to be called righteous. This is just to be not called a thief. That's what requ what's required. And so therefore, things that, that have become very common in our society, um, uh, personal tasks during work time, making personal calls, um, um, false claims for sick days, you know, uh, mental health days, um, daydreaming on the job, um, anything less than b'chol koho with all of your strength, that is stealing from your employer. And it does not only apply to work. Ravar Lichtenstein says it applies to every area of life. It applies to school. It applies to communal work. If we volunteer for something, and I would say most importantly, it applies in our families. The way that we extend effort and expend effort in caring for and being with our families. That also has to be b'chol koho, with all of our strength, not preoccupied. And a person who has a job and during the day they're at their job and they're working so hard and they get themselves into such a, uh, a mess and they come home and they take it out on their family, that's, that's not right. The family's allowed to say, you're not allowed to do that work that causes this effect when you come home. You have to be careful about that. We are required to emulate this midah, this characteristic 
that we find from Yaakov about how we are to approach every aspect of every kind of work that we do in our life. But just one last point. Because we find at the beginning of our parsha, the first time we see Yaakov with his work ethic in action, and it's quite curious. The beginning of the parsha, Yaakov leaves home. Remember, he left home at the end of last week's parsha because his brother said he was going to kill him. So he left home. He also was looking for a wife. So he travels back to the place where his mother is from. And the Torah says as follows. He comes to this place where his future father-in-law, where, where his mother's brother, Lavan, lives. And he sees Be'er Basadeh. He sees a well. And there are three flocks of sheep around the well. It's interesting how many uh, scenes in the Torah take place around wells. Uh, remember, we had uh, just recently Eliezer meets uh, Rivka at a well. Um, uh, Moshe ha meets his future spouse at a well. And it's not so surprising because a well during that time for in an agricultural society, it was the hub. It was the place where people would gather. If all day you're alone with your flock, the only time you see people is going to be when you gather at the well to, to, to get water for them to drink. So there's schmoozing and there's talking and there's visiting and socializing along with getting the water. So Jacob comes to this place. He sees the well and there are three flocks of sheep that are there. And... And then the Torah describes what would happen is the well was covered with a very, very large stone. Remember, we talked about this last week because there was always a danger that somebody else could come and interfere with, the, with your well. They could steal the water. They could fill it up so that you couldn't use it. It, could be, it was a very serious act of aggression. So you had to protect your well. So you had a, they, had a, they, had, they had a very, very big... Uh, so big I almost knocked over the light, a very big uh, stone that covered the well to protect it. And what they would do is, when the shepherds came and they would gather and the flocks were ready to, to drink, they would all lift the stone off, they would uh, draw the water, and then afterwards they'd put the stone back. So Yaakov comes to this place. Now keep this in mind, he's a complete stranger. He's never been there in his life. He's looking for a spouse, which means there's a good chance that he is going to be settling there permanently. So listen to the first words that come out of his mouth in this place. His first words are, he says to them, ah, he said to these other shepherds, oh, my, where are you from? And they say, we're from Haran. He says, oh, do you know Lavan? Because he's looking for Lavan, his, his uncle. Yes, we know Lavan. And, and behold, his daughter, Rachel, is coming now with her flock. Then he says to them, Vayomer, Yaakov says to them, Hain od hayom gadol. It's the middle of the day. Lo eis ha It's not the end of the day near sunset where it's time to bring the flocks in for the night. Why are you standing around? Water your, your sheep and go back to pasture. Why are you standing around? You know, like you pass uh, 
several people working on fixing something in the street. So, you know, they're uh, uh, a dozen guys uh, standing around. So, I mean, I don't think this is a really good idea to do, but you know, you say, hey guys, you know, it's, uh, it's not lunchtime. It's not uh, time to knock off. Why don't you get back to work? It's kind of strange that, that, that Yaakov in his first conversation with these people among whom he is going to be living for the next 20 years, criticizes them about their lack of a work ethic. End of the day, you take the flocks in, but in the middle of the day, they should be out in the pasture. What are you doing standing around? Okay, they go on to explain why and fine. But let me just point something out that I heard from Rabbi Yisrael Reisman. <clears throat> it does seem like in his first conversation with these people that he would mention a criticism of them. But there's one key word, and I didn't quote it before, but let me just quote it now. Vayom Elohim Yaakov. Yaakov says to them, Achai, my brothers, where are you from? Do you know Lavan? Why are you still here? He starts the conversation by calling them Achai, my brothers. When you start the conversation by communicating that you care about these people that you're speaking to, what you say is received very, very differently. If you're a stranger and you come in and the first thing that you have to say is a criticism, the chances are great that you are not going to be listened to and you are certainly not going to be respected. But if the first thing that you say is, Achai, you're my brothers, and of course, you can't just say it. You have to mean it. It's got to be with sincerity. It has to be with truthfulness. But if you are able to communicate that you really do care about someone, what you say is heard in a completely different manner. It's such an important lesson and it's relevant every single day. A person can say almost anything that they need to say if they figure out the right way to say it so that it can be heard. Yaakov had an incredible work ethic, but along with that, he also had an understanding of human relations and he was able to create a bond with strangers so that if he had something to say, it could be heard and appreciated and respected. That is a trick all of us need to learn. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.